And we're back. This is Dub on the Ump. Season 3? Episode something? It's been a while. Haven't been really keeping up to date with things I should be keeping up to date with. Speaking of which, that was Cindy Lauper, time after time, walking us on. That was the number one song on the Billboard Top 100, The Week I Was Born, which I'm pretty impressed with. My name is Joel. Go ahead. I'm Sam. Uh, and I'm Eli. I think that that might be the worst walk-up song of all time. Like, you're looking to strike fear in the opposing pitcher with your walk-up song. That's not the one you go with. I think that would be a great one to go with. It would, I mean, it would be confusing, you yeah. know? It might make them feel some feelings they're trying not to feel when they're, you know, trying to dominate you, but... Really get into the pitcher's well, head. I, I yeah. think pitching, too, is such a psychological game that maybe, like, as long as it doesn't throw you off and gets you pumped up, <laughs> it might actually work in your favor because the pitcher would just be like, what? Right. <laughs> right. They think about their dog or something. Ah, <laughs> yeah. really oh, the dog that they had to put down, like, yeah, last exactly. year. Yeah. <laughs> might work that way. Yeah, no, we should see a lot more. I've always thought, has anybody done, have we talked about this? Has anyone walked on to, like, classical music? Like, like, Ride of the Valkyries or something like that? Yeah, probably. I think that would be good walk-on music. So, uh, Eli is my brother. We have another brother who played baseball in college, and there was this kid on his team whose walk-up song was It's Raining Men. Yes. Um, which really worked pretty well for him, I think, because it just, like, really threw everyone off, you know? Was he good? Yeah, no, he's really good. He's, <laughs> no. like, the best player on the team. <laughs> but, you know, you, you expect a certain thing from a walk-up song, which is, like, kind of, like, possibly a minor key, kind of, you know, edgy and aggressive, you know? And then yeah. when that comes on... It really throws the whole, it kind of messes up the rhythm, you know? Right. Yeah, no, and that, that's what I like about it. But also, like, you only get, like, ten seconds of the song. That's the other thing you have to think about. So if you do time after time, like, that's, <laughs> that's a slow burn, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so you're you saying... You can just with... When you fall, I'm okay. Yeah. I will be waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what you go with. Just that one segment. Kedger <laughs> huh. has to take himself out of the game for emotional reasons. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> like a number of players would have to. <laughs> We'll come back to this. I think that I think we've got a lot. Wait, Eli, you looked up what song was the number one hit when you were born. What was it? Every rose has its thorn. That would be a good walk-up song. 
it's also it's also in that eighties genre of yeah. like slow bird. <laughs> Every rose has its dawn. Yeah. But you could like just start out with the beginning of that song. That's the best yeah. part of that song. Yeah. That's true. There's no chorus with that song. It just goes right into it. Or the entire song is chorus. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, just one big refrain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, I was I was actually looking at. Uh, I was born in '84, and the music from 1984 not bad. Um, so actually, some of it's really bad. <laughs> yeah, there's probably most of it's really bad, honestly. Well, there's a lot of songs, or at least two songs from the Footloose soundtrack. At least two Prince songs. Okay, that's good. Like well, a here's the thing. Um, I was talking to someone today because, you know, today's the 50th anniversary of uh, Sgt. Pepper's right. um, uh, album. And, and he was saying that in another 50 years, people are still probably going to know a lot of the songs on that album. And then he went on to say, I don't know if they'll anyone will know any songs that were ever made in the 80s. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not true at all. Yeah, and then I just said Phil Collins, and I, I thought that that was probably enough. Yeah. Was he convinced? Yeah, he thought maybe Phil Collins. Maybe uh, my, my birthday song was uh, Maniac by whatever group that made that song. No one knows them, but they'll be listening to that song forever. But I know that song because of Tommy Boy, the movie. Uh-huh. Right? You know the scene where he's getting, like, uh, hosed down at the gas station? Singing yeah. that song? Yeah, my maniac. Yeah. Maniac. Uh, yeah. That's the only reason I know After that song. After they went out tipping? Yes, exactly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this is a baseball podcast. <laughs> so they say. So they say. Um, it's June. We're more than a quarter of the way through the major league season. Uh-huh. Any big surprises at this point for you all? Uh, well, I hate to say this, but uh, the Yankees are doing much better than anyone was expecting them to. Yeah. Boo. <laughs> yeah. I think we can all agree boo on that one. Um, and it's kind of terrible because the Red Sox, you know, whom I love, have been playing really good ball recently, but they have not, uh, you know, they were played basic, basically 500 ball through uh, April and like half of May. And they've just kind of turned it on the past couple of weeks which has been great, but kind of right out of the gate. Yankees, who are supposedly in a rebuilding year, are kind of having this incredible season where they're getting uh, overperformances from people like CC Sabathia, who was kind of written off as like a... Over the hell? Pat, way past his prime bad investment. He's pitching really well. And then they're getting these... Uh, 
like huge performances from their rookies, like their uh, catcher, what's his name, who hit so many home Sanchez. runs. Yeah, Sanchez from last yeah. year hit so many home runs. He started the season on the DL, and they got this kid, Mike Judge. No, what's his name? Uh, yeah, something Judge. Something Judge. Aaron Judge. Right. Aaron Judge. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron, and I don't know if you've seen. Yeah, he's tall motherfucker. Pictures of him, but he's yeah. like a, uh, he's like a Adonis. Like Six in, foot seven, two hundred and eighty-two pounds. Yeah, and he's like built like the what's his name from the Marlins, who just Castro, Stanton, Giancarlo Stanton, Giancarlo Stanton. Oh, Giancarlo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like you know they look like they're. They're like training for a different sport. Those guys, they're just like so much more fit than everyone else. But anyway, he's hit like twenty home runs at this point, and yeah. everyone was like, "Oh, he's not ready for the major leagues before the season started." So uh, that's kind of a surprise. So Sam, I, I was asking you before the show uh, a little bit. Uh, you, you, you're in New York. What is, uh, what's the city like? I mean, are people appreciating sort of this early year run that the Yanks are making, or uh, are people pretty disconnected from the uh, the Bombers right now? I mean, I, it doesn't, I don't know. I generally don't talk to Yankees fans, which alienates me in this city. <laughs> but, like, once that comes out in conversation, I tend to just walk away. Um, but... <laughs> I went to a Red Sox game at Fenway on Saturday, last Saturday. And the Red Sox, it was an amazing game. The Red Sox beat the Mariners 6-0. And this rookie guy, Johnson, who we called the little unit because Randy Johnson was the big unit. This guy is like, his name is Brian Johnson. He throws 88 miles an hour and he's like <laughs> five foot five. So hence the name little unit. Um, it was great. But. The tickets for that game, the cheapest ticket I could find was in the range of like $65, $70 because I was, you know, uh, it was sold out. I was buying mm-hmm. it on a secondary website. And at the same time, I was looking at tickets because the Red Sox are coming here to New York uh, next week to play a series with the Yankees. I was looking at those tickets, and those tickets on the secondary website, the same one I was looking at. I just thought I'd check it out. Those tickets are going for like $28, $29. So mm. um, if that says anything, you know, if StubHub is like not marking up from face value, then probably they're not selling out their games. That's what I would think. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah. And for like a Red Sox-Yankees series, you'd think that people would be like, yeah, one and one and two in the division. I mean, it's still early, but it's not that early, you know. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, baseball is kind of one of those long seasons too. I mean, you think about the Boston. I can tell you in Boston, in the Boston area, that like, uh, you know, the Celtics just had this long run into the playoffs where they made it until Game Five of the. Eastern Conference Finals, so like a huge portion of Sox fans were completely focused on that, and you could just sort of feel 
once they got beat, the shift immediate, the, the, the focus immediately shifting. It sucks. So. What do you mean? I'm sorry, shifting from what to what? Celtics had been in oh. the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, okay. So I think a lot of, like, emotion and viewership had been spent on that. You know, a lot of the media coverage, a lot of the um, just talk of the town, if you will, mm-hmm. was completely focused on that. And so, you know, the, the Red Sox have gone sort of through this. They had a strong start, and then they had quite a bit of a lull, and there's been some questions about the, the bullpen. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's definitely been quite a bit to talk about about the Red Sox, but not much of that focus has come around the team until just probably the last week or so. Right. So let's talk about the Red Sox. They just, they beat the White Sox two two out of three games. And uh, David, Sam, you and I were talking about this. So David Price came back. Yep. First start back from the DL. His first start back from the DL. How did you feel about that? Uh, you know, not terrible. He had two rehab starts in minor leagues, and he got completely shelled by minor Shell. league players. Yeah. Destroyed. He didn't, yeah. Threw like 100 pitches through four innings or something. Uh, and he came back, and he gave up three or four runs. He gave up either three runs, or he gave up four runs, and one was unearned over like six innings, five and a half innings, you know? Do you know? Five. He pitched five. Five, five innings. Yeah. We had so, seven strikeouts, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's not, like, there was reason to be optimistic, I think. And then the yeah. next I day, think, go ahead, Eli. Oh, no, I, I was just going to say, I think that uh, given it being his first start, um, people were pretty, pretty pleased with it. He just adds another sort of mature arm to the rotation that, have to believe it's going to be going into deep innings for you. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I mean, knock on wood, through the remainder of the season. And then you think about sort of him and Chris Sale together, and it's sort of like, whew. Yeah. Not to mention we have the reigning Cy Young winner uh, with Rick Porcello, although he right. has not been terrific. But Who is the only righty on our staff also? Yeah. That's strange. We've talked about that before, yeah. Yeah. And this now that Price is back, he's the only right-handed pitcher in the starting rotation. Yeah, which I think still is a I feel like that's an advantage. Yeah, lefties have a better go of it than righties. Do you have any bullpen issues? Bullpen issues? Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. I would say so. Yeah, I don't know. We have easily we don't have a best, setup, man. We have easily the best closer in the game, though. Right now, yeah. Fred Kimbrell has retired sixty. No wait, it's some ridiculous. He's got a ratio of sixty-five strikeouts now. Forty strike, forty-two strikeouts in twenty innings of work, and two walks, and his ERA is point five. Wow. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. I watched this game the other week. He struck out four people in one inning. And it was, oh, yeah, I want to talk about this. Because I've seen two things on TV that I've never seen before in baseball. One of them was he struck this guy out on a slider. 
guy swung and missed, missed the ball by like a foot and a half. And the commentators were like just cracking jokes about it because he missed it so badly. The ball came down, hit him in his foot, and kicked away. It was strike three. He ran first base. And the umpire missed it, and it's not a reviewable call. Oh, wow. So, so if oh. you swing and you miss, and the ball hits you, that's a strike. Right. In this case, strike three. Right. But since the umpire... Is it a dead ball it, strike, Sam? Yeah, ball's dead. Yeah. Um, but it's like, he doesn't get to run, he doesn't get to run the first base. But the umpire didn't say anything, and it's non-reviewable. Right. The umpire didn't see it, and wow. he got to first base. So, in that inning, he struck out four people. In <laughs> you know, without anyone. I mean, the guy got on base, but he was yes. actually out. And uh, and that was the game. The Red Sox struck out 20 people in that game. That, who was that against? Uh, Texas. Okay. So, um, but it's pretty incredible because, like, we signed him for a lot of money, Craig Kimbrell, and he didn't pitch that well last year. I mean, he pitched fine. He pitched pretty good. Uh-huh. Uh, but not, like, for the amount of money that we were paying him, you know? And this year it's been, like, he can't touch. He throws, his slider is 90 miles an hour, you know? Uh-huh. Um, which is ridiculous. Joel, were you able to watch any of the uh, games uh, with the Red Sox against the White Sox? No, I didn't. I was watching, you know, on the internet and following it a little bit. Um, yes. Do you, is there something specific you were wondering about? Well, no, I mean, it's, it's sort of like the one time a year that I yeah. will pay close attention to what the White Sox are doing. So I didn't know if, like, yeah. maybe the, the, the same was true for you, but, no, but no. It, it's nice, I mean, Melky Cabrera yes. hit well, and um, was, I've always been a Melky Cabrera fan. So he's AL Player of the Week, um, Melky Cabrera is, and the White Sox um, actually have a, a pretty good offense right now. Um, I, uh, I want to tell a Melky Cabrera story. It's the other thing that I've never seen before. Okay, go ahead. You ready? Yeah. So, Melky Cabrera is at the plate. He's batting lefty against a right-handed pitcher. It's a pitch low and away. He reaches out to swing at it, puts a good swing on it, hits directly onto the home plate, and he's bending over, and it smashes him right in the eye, <laughs> the ball that he hit. When was this? It was yesterday, or the day before. Okay. It hit the ground and then bounced up into his eye? It hit the plate. It didn't even hit the ground. Yeah. So it's like on that rubber thing. And like he had to come out of the game. <laughs> oh, man. And it was like, but that's like, it was a, it was a Three Stooges sort of like. Right. Because it was like, he swung really hard. You could see how hard he swung. You know what I mean? And he hit it straight down and it bounced straight up right into his face. And like, I don't know. It was it was bizarre and awesome. Huh. Um. So so Sam, a couple of weeks ago, you asked me who my favorite White Sox player was. Yeah. Um. And I, I still don't have one, but I'm get I'm narrowing it down. 
Okay. Um, obviously, I'll go see it. It's probably my favorite player right now. He is having a really good year. Um, he's hitting three thirty-two. He's got nine twenty-two OPS. Uh, Damn. Yeah. He, he is just, you know, the best offensive player of what's actually looking like a, a pretty good offensive team, which was unexpected. Uh, we've got Melky Cabrera also. Um, and then Jose Abreu is having a pretty good season also. Um, he's got 10 home runs, 289 batting average, 841 OPS. So they've got some really good... Hitting right now, which is great. Though pitching, not so good. Um, but that's to be expected. Like, it's interesting, we've talked before about they were supposed to be pretty bad this year. And it turns out they are, you know, pretty mediocre, which is nice. Right. Which um, is overperforming. My, overperforming, definitely overperforming. Yeah. My. Other favorite player that I keep thinking is Tim Anderson, and uh, is he is—he's the shortstop. And I keep thinking I might just like shortstops because uh. <laughs> in the last iteration of the White Sox, my favorite player was definitely Alexi Ramirez, who was right. also Cuban. They have a lot of Cuban players. He right. is also Cuban and a shortstop. And would have, like, stretches of being really, really good offensively and defensively. But over the course of time was probably maybe better than average. I think I just like shortstops. Um, but Tim Anderson has good days and bad days also. Their pitching is not good. Dylan Covey, I think I've talked about. He's like one of the worst pitchers, I think, in Major League Baseball right now. And he's in their yeah. starting rotation. Um, oh, let me tell you. So they went on this West Coast road trip um, at Diamondbacks, at Angels, at Seattle. And they went 3-7 and seven on this trip. But they had a plus eight run differential for the 10 games. Really? Yeah. Most of that was that they beat Seattle 16 to 1 in one game. <laughs> and so Jesse's not here, but I wanted to tell him that story. <coughs> I know. I feel like Jesse maybe avoided this episode because the game I went to. Red Sox game, they were playing against Seattle and they beat them <laughs> 6 nothing. and we called up a pitcher from AAA to pitch that game <laughs> and he pitched a complete game shutout, so. Uh, yeah, on this road trip, I mean, the White Sox, they went 3-7. and seven. They, all three of those wins were against Seattle. They got swept by the Angels and swept by the Diamondbacks. Uh, but they won three out of four against Seattle. Then they came home. They actually won three out of four against Detroit, too, before they lost to the Red Sox. So, I mean, they're still under 500, but they're not terrible. I don't know what, if that means anything. And 
Well, the AL Central is pretty tight right now, too, right? I mean, no yeah. one is, like, bounding out in front. Uh, right. What are the Indians up in front, like, yeah. first place? But Yeah, but not by much. The, twi- uh, the Indians the and close. just past the Twins. And here's the interesting thing yeah. also. The Twins, because Sam called this, the Twins had been leading the AL Central all season. Cleveland must have just passed them. Minnesota's lost four games in a row, has now a half a game behind Cleveland. Detroit's in third place at 25 and 28. White Sox are in fourth place at 24 and 28. Um, my point being, though, is the run differential. The White Sox for the season are plus 19 in run differential, and they're 24 and 28. Wow. That's the second best in the AL Central. Only Cleveland is the other only AL Central team that's got a positive run differential right now. Uh, Minnesota, Detroit, and obviously Kansas City all have negative run differentials. More than 20 also. Like, not like close run dif- Like, the Tigers have been out- outscored by 21 runs so far this season. Um, and the weird thing was, so I was looking back at the White Sox schedule. In close games, they were like three and four, I believe, in one-run games. So it's not like a a bad luck thing. They're twenty-four and twenty-eight with a plus nineteen run differential. The thing is, is that a lot of their wins have been blowout wins. Those like yeah, I guess they sixteen to one, nine to one kind of wins. So. I don't know if that means anything, but they're not bad. Well, it sounds like they either score a lot or very little. Or none at all, <laughs> yeah. And they'll go they'll go very long period of time without score, you know, with with an anemic offense. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've got a right, great well, farm well, system. What, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm just. I just. Like I said earlier, I'm just hoping that they don't get any bright ideas that they're going to make the playoffs. That they don't try to, like, buy buy someone, you know. They need to sell Quintana. We've got to sell Quintana. We've got, um... I think they will. Uh, what's they're his like, name? Moncada? Like the the season. Yeah, they just got him. Yeah, he's coming up. They've got a couple of good pitchers in the minor leagues right now that are coming up. Like, if they can keep this call of Avisail Garcia, Mel- how old is Milky Cabrera? He's older, but not too old. He's got. He's pretty old, man. Yeah. How old is Jose yeah. Abreu? He's young. Yes. He, was, he was a rookie. He's like was a twenty-seven-year-old rookie like three years ago, something yeah. like that. They've got like so. Melky is thirty-two. Yeah. Oh really? So yeah. yeah. How and old Jose is Jose Abreu? Is thirty. Abreu is gonna 30. be younger. Yeah. Oh, nice. He's okay. thirty. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be um, that'll be a tough tough balancing act. I mean, Melky Cabrera maybe he's getting too old, but. They'd still want Jose oh. Abreu. Um, but I think that... How about... Uh, I don't know. I feel like the White Sox like, made it pretty clear in the offseason, this past offseason, 
that they were like committed to like a hard rebuild. Yeah, you know? that was that was the idea. So they're not gonna like change their minds now in the middle of the season unless they like fire their general manager, which I don't you know, predict happening. Right, which because you know that they like have a plan for the trade deadline that they already set up at the beginning of the year. Yeah, they're like. We're going to unload this guy who's not a great pitcher, but, like, he's done pretty well. So contenders are going to, like, overpay for him. And, yeah. That's the plan. That's the plan. Stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. Trust the system. Don't give up on the plan. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Um, Okay, what division do you... So how about... How about the Astros? Really How about, yeah, let's go to the West. Those Astros, they're kicking everybody's ass. Yeah. I know. They got, they're 38 and 16, won nine of their last 10. They've got an 11 um, game lead in the AL West. Yeah. Right. Well, <clears throat> they're just like looking really sharp. And also in the National League, a uh, 10 game lead right now, which. It's, you know, it's, it, we're only, what, like 40, 50 games in? Yeah. Um, and so there's still a lot of ball left, but 10, 10 games is a pretty tough deficit to close, I think, at any point in the season. Yeah. So uh, what's... It's not like it's un- undoable, but it just it takes a lot of chipping away, and, um, you know, it, it's not like something that can happen over overnight or even a couple series, you know? There are not there are not a lot of teams in the AL West who can, like, make that sort of run either. Agreed. Um, oh, like, geez. the Rangers, Rangers are 11 games back, and they just went on a streak where they won, like, 15 out of 16 games. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. they, they went on a crazy tear. The Rangers? Yeah, and I think the closest yeah. they got was, like, eight games. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oof. Well, yeah, and the Angels are, um, the Angels are in second place, and they're eleven games back, and right, and they're at five hundred. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, what, what's they're interesting about the AL West is that no one can. It looks like can win away either. Mm-hmm. Uh, the like the Angels are eleven and nineteen in away games. Rangers are eight, nine, and eighteen. Uh, which is atrocious, and, and then the Athletics are eight and twenty in away games. Yeah, but the Astros at the same time are eighteen and six <laughs> yeah. away games. I mean, <laughs> they win it no matter what. And look at the uh, Astros are on a seven-game win streak. They just swept the Twins in Minnesota. Here, here are the scores: sixteen to eight, seven to two, and seventeen to six. <laughs> They scored a lot of runs. 40 runs in three games. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> well said, Sam. Well said. Um, but yeah, I, I could get on an Astros, you know, bandwagon Joel. I can get on this Astros bandwagon. <laughs> I'm yeah. cool that I think Jose I'm Altuve still relatively is relatively newbies to the American League too. So yeah, here's my only right. I mean, my my two concerns are one: they're a Texas team, 
and we've talked about yep. not really rooting for Texas teams. My second concern is they're the team that the White Sox beat in the World Series in 2005 when they were uh, in the NL. So I don't know, like, is there any kind of White... I mean, obviously there is not a White Sox-Astros rivalry. But should I be like, oh no, boo the Houston Astros because they're the team we beat in the World no. Series in 05? No, that's crazy. Right? Only, only that's crazy. if they beat you in the World yeah. Series. Yeah, okay. You know, like, yeah. Shouldn't feel any animosity you, against teams you beat because you just feel bad for them. Yes. Right. You can feel like a pitying affection for them. Yeah. That's okay. Like, that's what you can do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I can do that. Because you embarrassed them on the world stage. Yeah, you know? it was a sweep, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It was yeah. a sweep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was back when uh, that was back when Houston had the the hill in center field. Yeah, right? was that Enron Field? Yeah, uh-huh. Enron Field. Yeah, it was. Man, what a terrible ball- ballpark that was. <laughs> oh, I love that hill, man. I loved it so much. And there was a like light post in the middle of the outfield, also on that hill. Light post. I don't remember the light post. Yeah, there was. A- you mean across over the fence, right? No, on the field. Wasn't no, there? there wasn't a white post. No. <laughs> there there yeah, should be. I think there was. I think <laughs> really? Yeah. That I sounds so like, dangerous. It went up a hill, it went up a hill, and there was a giant pole, and then the fence was behind that. What if new ballparks started putting, like, bizarre obstacles in the outfield? For outfielders this to goes have. into the XLB. Man. Yeah. This is like straight <laughs> yeah. out of XLB. Watch out. Watch out. This, this outfield is tricky. There's a giant post in left center field. Yeah. So I'm, look, I'm looking at it right now, Sam, and you're right. There's a, there's a, so to dead straightaway center up the hill, it's 436 feet, but right to the left of the sign, it's seemingly about two feet inside of the fence. Is a giant ball. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Listen, one of the first moves of the XLB is we're bringing the Enron Field back. That's like, we're easing it that way. <laughs> Didn't the old Yankee Stadium have like the statue of the of the greats inside of the wall? Wasn't that an aspect of the old ballpark? I don't know. <laughs> How old? Bef- no, so it was the old Bomber Stadium, but they had the statues inside of the fence until they later, like after an, a rendition of it, they either moved the fence in front of them or moved them out. I thought I could I could be imagining that. I don't think so. Not in any time since I've moved here. Has I don't think it was. I think it was on the playing field. <laughs> no, I think it was before we were born. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe. Okay. I believe yeah. that. So, so, wait, are you saying that an outfielder could have run into a statue of another baseball player? <laughs> Was that a possibility? Well, I, yes. I, I, I mean, I, I feel like I, maybe I'm making this up, but I, I thought that there were, like, statues of old baseball players that the center fielder had to, like, maneuver around in the old ballpark. Really? We'll have to look that up. 
I don't know if that's yeah. true, but I I want that rule for the XLB. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, like what okay, if you had like like automatons, yeah. like robots if, grabbing? If a ball player, if a ball player, if a ball player dies while they're still playing, like uh, Hernandez, what that guy from the Marlins, right? Okay, yeah, in the boating accident. In the boating accident, uh-huh. some freak shit like that. Then they get a bronze statue of themselves at their position in the ballpark. <laughs> oh, that's creepy. That. I mean, I like it. It's creepy though. Yeah, very macabre. It is creepy. Yeah, but it, it's a whole game-changing sort of thing. Yeah, that would be cool. And then you have, and then you have like these teams that are like really bad, and the fans start trying to kill players. <laughs> oh, yes, so, I like that. So then we get a Running Man type the thing. the The nineteen eighties movie exactly. Running Man. Yeah. Yeah, starring uh, Schwarzenegger. Yes, love that movie. Right. So. The Astros, I'm looking at this, the Astros in May. Number one in baseball in record, they went 22-7. and seven. They had 52 home runs, tied for first. Runs per game, 6.2, that's first. Opponent run per games, 3.9, that's fifth. Starters ERA, 3.42, that's fourth. Bullpen ERA... 3.88, that's 17th. So, they were below average in their bullpen ERA. Everything else, they were top five or better. This team's pretty I, good. Also, okay. But they're, also, their ace pitcher's been on the DL, right? Dallas Keuchel's been on the yeah. DL? Yeah, right, good point. They're first so, in runs. Yeah, first real, real quick, uh, sorry, real quick. Yeah, I, yeah. I looked it up. And so in the old stadium, Yankee Stadium, they had Lou Gehrig, Miller Higgins, and Babe Ruth were in play post, <laughs> post like after they died. Statues, like monuments to them. And the ball could like fall behind or scoot around them, and the center fielder would have to play behind it. And then when they redid. In like the seventies, they did a rehab. Right. Yeah, and they moved it in the the center field fence in forty four feet, so that they wouldn't have to do that anymore. <laughs> so they were in play. They were like in. They were in they play. Foul balls. Right. No. In center like field, you had to play around. It's like if you. Okay. That point in time, they didn't wear helmets. They barely had gloves, and everyone was right. smoking yeah, exactly. right. they played. So I don't think safety was a real yeah. thing. <laughs> that one yeah, guy so was on acid all the time. Ten bucks a year, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think That's safety true. was at the top of their minds. <laughs> <laughs> all right, staying in the AL West for a little while. Uh, Mike yeah. Trout tore a ligament in his thumb. Is out six to eight weeks. Uh-huh. That's going to make it way harder yeah, for the Angels. On the DL. He's on the DL, yeah, six to eight weeks. 
that's going to make it much harder for the Angels to make up these 11 games that they have to make up. Yeah, yep. you're absolutely right. Um, and, and I, I kind of hate the idea of Mike Trout, if that makes any sense. Um, like, I don't hate Mike Why? Trout. I don't hate Mike Trout. I don't really have an opinion. He, he's probably a fine dude. Like, I've got no reason. I don't, you know, I hate Aloldis Chapman. I hate Derek Jeter. I hate Alex Rodriguez. I don't hate Mike Trout. LeBron James. I love LeBron James, and I will fight you about that. Uh, LeBron James and Mike Trout are basically the same thing to their sport. That's my point, though. Are they? Because I was looking this up. Mike Trout has the 11th highest selling jersey in baseball. Like, Wait, hold on. Let me guess number one. Um, hold on. Big Poppy. Kershaw? No. Kershaw? No, Kershaw was no. third. Kershaw was third. Good guess. Um, think, okay. think. Uh, here, let me let me put it this way: four of the top five are on the same team. Four of the top five are on the same team, huh? Yeah. Is it the Red Sox? No. Is it the Yankees? No. I'm take that as a yes. No. Oh, damn. <laughs> active players. Active players. Um, Wait, you said four of the top five? Yeah, Kershaw is the only one. Nope. Oh, is it the Dodgers? Nope. Kershaw is the only one in the top five, not on the, or top four, not on this team. Wait, sorry, say that again? Kershaw, Clayton Kershaw, who's number three, is the Uh only player not on this team. He's the exception. And Mike Trout is not number one. No, no Mike Trout's number eleven. We've already been through that. Yeah, Mike yeah, Trout yeah. is not in the Sorry. top ten. Oh, come on, guys! Jersey you can do this. Jersey sales. Jersey sales. God, is it uh, uh, St. Louis? Nope. No. God, it's the Cubs. Definitely. Yes, it's the Cubs. Uh, yeah. it is. Rizzo. Rizzo yes. is number one. No, Bryant is number one. Rizzo's number two. Yes, yeah, okay. And oh, Baez... Is there like a direct correlation? This isn't all time, though. This must be... No, last last year. season. Well, as of like April okay. of this... Uh, I think it was as of April of 2017. So after they won the World Series. Right? I, is there like... There's probably a direct correlation every year of like whoever wins the World Series. Sells all the jerseys, yeah. Sells all the jerseys. Yeah. But I think this has got to be, like, like right, one, two, all, four, all and five. Weathers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cindergaard was on the list. I'm trying to remember who. I can Google it, I suppose. Cindergaard is top ten. Koshaw is third. Um, but but my, my thing was, my point was, um, that Mike Trout is 11th. He's not even in the top ten. And right. he is like, not even arguably, he's like the best player in the AL, right? Probably baseball. I don't know if that's controversial yeah. to say. 
Yeah. But if you think about it, as far as the trend goes of, like, people buying jerseys with the trendy winning team, when's the last time the Angels made it to the World Series? Exactly, yeah. So. No, but that's kind of my point, is that, like, I... I don't know if I feel bad for him or not, but he's a, he's the best player on a mediocre team and he's not good enough to make them good. Well, he doesn't really try with the marketing either, though. Right. Which, you know, kind of... What do you mean? That matters. He's, he's not like marketable. He, he doesn't... He he's needs, like, yeah, he's the subway guy. He doesn't do a lot of interviews. He doesn't like but go on. He he is the non ESPN he's the non pedophile subway guy. <laughs> so far. As we know. As far as we know. Exactly. His endorsements like he's the subway guy. He's one of many subway guys. All of those like commercials have multiple people. Yeah, you know? like uh, who was Apollo Ono, yeah. the ice skating guy? I don't remember that guy. That was a while yeah. ago. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna. This is a. I'm reading from USAToday.com. For the second consecutive year, Chicago Cubs third baseman Chris Bryant has the most popular selling Major League Baseball jersey. The reigning NL MVP is coming off a historic year as one of four Cubs players ranked in the top five. Anthony Rizzo, second, Javier Baez, fourth, and Kyle Schwarber, fifth. Six young rising stars are new to the list. Among them are L.A. Dodgers' Corey Seager and New York Yankees' Gary Sanchez. The average age of the top 20 players is 26 and a half, more than 1.5 years younger than any previous list mean age. Mike Trout, two-time AL MVP, has appeared in every one of these rankings since his Major League debut. The list is based on sales from MLBShop.com of majestic jerseys since the culmination of the 2016 World Series. Ah, so I was wrong. He is number 10. Here's another thing. Like, uh, if it's only on MLB.com sales, then that doesn't take into account, like, fair-weather diehard fans that are buying them at the stadium. So, you know... You might you might argue that it's not a comprehensive list as to who's buying. No, I feel like it is though. I feel like those at this, in this day and age, those sales are one and the same. Like when you swipe, yeah, your card I would agree with Walmart, Sam. Yeah, it's being processed by MLBShop.com. I guarantee it. Oh, uh, you think so? So you don't think that this is just online sales? No, uh, I think that all sales are online sales these days. Well, they definitely break them out. I can tell you oh. that between brick and mortar and e-commerce. I but, see what you're saying. But I, I, I get what you mean. I, I mean, I see what you're saying. It, yeah. Right. Probably the lion's like, share of them are happening online anyways. At Wrigley Field, like, they're getting a percentage of those jersey sales. They're not, like, independent shops selling those jerseys. You know what I mean? I wonder. I mean, yes, I, I know I, what you I mean. I don't know. But... I, I think you're right about that, Sam, but I wonder how they count those. Do you think right. they're tallying those? Huh. Because, well, like, I'm guessing... buys them from the website? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's something like that. That'd be interesting to find out. Because, 
Okay, so the top ten go Cubs, Cubs, Dodgers, Cubs, Cubs, Mets, Dodgers, Giants, Yankees, Angels, right? Chicago. Mookie Betts in that mix. Mookie okay. Betts is the highest Red Sox, and he's at 14. Huh. He's behind. He's got a pretty amazing baseball name. Yeah, he's behind Cespedes. Cespedes is 13, right. Bumgarner is 12, Molina. The idea of Molina for the St. Louis Cardinals is 11. That's kind of fucking hilarious. Uh, he might be the oldest one on that list, right? Yeah. Oh, by far, I think. Ooh, Yachty? Yeah. Yeah. He's so amazing, though. I'm a big Yachty fan. Are you? I don't know. Why are you a big Yachty fan? I like catchers. Yeah. Dustin Pedroia's 18th. last year he's super slick dresses well uh-huh. and he's like a uh like pro bowling caliber bowler huh like how is he not more popular yeah seriously i actually agree with you on that one that makes sense probably doesn't do enough social media shit that's probably why well we could do it for him <laughs> yeah it's true Joey Bats will freaking retweet anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Donaldson's on the list, but he's not. Right? Yeah. Gotta do something about that. Anyway, I just... I just... The, other, hey, the other thing I like about Yadi and Molina as well, too, is that like he looks <laughs> like he's kind of like... Like shouldn't be a baseball player in the way that he kind of looks like he's a little bit ill, you know. He like looks like he's kind of an out of shape. Maybe has some sort of degenerate condition and like shouldn't be playing any sports, let alone major league baseball. Uh-huh. But then he does these things like he blocks insane balls and then like from his knees throws people out at first. Yeah. So like, yeah, I'm into I'm into that. I would like to disagree with you on that. I feel like Yadier Molina looks like, as a very young child, like a baby, his parents put him into, like, baby catcher's gear and just <laughs> kept him in there through his entire developmental stage. And when you take the catcher's gear off of there, he looks really weird because he looks like... Like somebody who's been swaddled in catcher's gear his entire life. He probably never takes it off. <laughs> he does look like a baby. Because he's he's what he's the youngest of of three right. brothers. He's got uh, he's got two catchers, brothers right? who play yeah. baseball also. And there was something about they were all catchers, right? Ah, uh, I'll have to look this up. I think that there's something weird yeah. that they're all catchers and major league catchers. I don't know. Yeah, something... I don't know. I think right. one of them maybe didn't make it to the majors, but I'm not sure about that. I gotta look this up. But, you know, I think there's an argument that 10% of all catchers are Molinas. <laughs> right. 
Well, and also, I mean, Yadier Molina has been the best catcher in baseball for a long time, and it's like a position that's been like getting downgraded on the uh-huh. on the charts at least for a long time. It's like nobody pays a catcher, you know. But Crash Davis yeah. is a catcher. You gotta this love the catcher. Although I bet you Gary Sanchez gets a fat check whenever he gets out of his rookie contract. Yeah, that's a good call. Right. Speaking of which, while well, we've been talking, so if you can Aaron, become a Aaron fan Judge. before you hit arbitration. What did Aaron Judge do? He launched a 510-foot homer. I hate that guy. Today? Yeah. Yeah. He just did. Yeah. Yankees beat Toronto 12-2. <laughs> to Jesus. Yankees are good. Aaron Hicks, Aaron That's all right, Judge. Because let, them, let them get it all out right now. I mean, we're back only two games, and we've had, like, kind of a up and now down first 50 we're, games. So. We're back three games huh? right now. Oh, three games, yeah. But that's nothing, you know? Yeah. Well, no, and the thing, the good thing about the Red Sox surge is that uh, we won five games straight, and he, each of those five games, the uh, the starting pitcher got a win. Yeah. Which is kind of what we've been trying to build. Which means that the starting yeah. pitcher is going yeah. deep, is that what you're saying? Are you saying like well the pitchers like they didn't give up any runs like we we scored early and that was it for any runs mm-hmm. we didn't blow them out you know gotcha alright um, before we go though I want to talk about this fight this uh, Hunter Strickland Bryce Harper fight because I thought this was fucking hilarious and ridiculous at the same time. So, Strickland had not faced Harper since the 2014 ALDS. Right? Three years. Uh-huh. Harper got two home runs off of him in that series. He was two for two, both home runs. The Giants won both of those games and that series and the World Series that year. And yet Hunter Strickland, which is a dumb fucking name, was so (laughs) angry that the next time he faced Bryce Harper in a regular season game in May... He was going to make him remember those two homers from three goddamn years ago and drill him with a 98-mile-per-hour fastball right to the hip. That's childish, I can see right? That, that, that's, like, the epitome of, like, a juvenile response. Am I insane? Like, your team won, No, it's dude. true. <laughs> And, like, and what is, like, he's mad at him for doing his job, 
right? Like, I get the whole, like, oh, he's showing me up. No, Bryce Harper's job is to hit home runs. Your job is right. to stop him from hitting home runs. Don't get mad because he's better at his job than you are at your job. Yeah, I I, uh, I agree with you, Joel. I will say, though, that, like, I think that this is a, one of those things about baseball that I feel like gets a lot of backlash about, but it is one of the nuanced parts of it, whereas, like, these feelings do percolate and exist and bubble for years and, like, don't go away, and then things like this happen, and then you get charged and punched in the face. You know, like, <laughs> I think that that's all sort of part of the narrative of baseball that, like, yes, is it juvenile? Absolutely. <laughs> is it part of the game? Yes. So, like, eh, you know? Yeah, but it's not part of the game. Like, the base, I mean, baseball is one game where you could play it your entire career and not actually touch another human being. Like, hypothetically speaking, you can do that. You throw the ball, you hit the ball, you catch the ball. At no point, unless maybe you're Buster Posey, do you actually have to, like, come into physical contact with another human being. True. But I think that's one thing that has happened in sports, and baseball specifically, too, is that, like, more and more so, there seems to be this push to take out the humanistic aspect of it. Like, we just want it to be a game of statistics, and, and like, we want the sort of robotic play out of players, and we want it to be timed and quicker, and all these things that sort of, like, in my mind, take away from all of the nuanced parts of the game that are, in my, you know... In, me as a fan are uh -huh. almost as enjoy enjoyable as all of those hard statistics um, and you know traditional parts of the game. Huh. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, I see what you're saying. I don't understand. Like, I I have no respect for Hunter Strickland whatsoever. <laughs> like, like I'm not I'm not like arguing for his actions. I'm just saying like it is part of the game. I guess. Well, and there's well, entertainment value. I feel like something that you guys are leaving out is the fact that, you know, it's a showmanship sort of aspect. Like, both ends of that are, like, super, like, how many times have that guy played on ESPN? Every yeah. single time, you know? Uh -huh. And, like, the Giants are in last place, and they're, like, not looking so good to, like, get out of that ever for the rest of the season, you know? Right. And... So this guy's like, hey, I mean, I don't know what his contract looks like, but maybe he's up at the end of the year. He's like, oh, maybe I'll get a little buzz around my name. I'm going to fucking plunk that guy who took me <laughs> two times in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Right, let's splash a little noise around this. Right, exactly. It's like, oh, Got us hey, talking about it. Right, sure. The Giants are negative 70 in run differential. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And so bum going is out. Nobody, nobody's. That's basically how many runs the Astros just scored yeah. in the last three games. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, but. So I don't know. There's a lot more to it. It's like, oh, hey, you took me deep. I'm gonna fucking slam you. 
But what I wanted to say about that fight, which I feel like is something different maybe than when I was a kid, is like when I was a kid, I feel like if someone charged the mound, it was more of like a shoving match. And since Jose Bautista just got fucking clocked in the jaw uh-huh. last year, uh-huh. like yeah. it's much more of a fist fight than it used to be. Yeah. Because it used to be more like a NFL fight where people are just shoving each other. And now it's more like a hockey fight where people are like trying to punch each other in the jaw, you know? Yeah. Which I think is a change. And I'm not sure how I feel about it. A little more brutal, yeah. 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 Although there was that that one time when, uh, what the heck was his name? Isaac... Uh, Thompson or he was a he was a right fielder for the Red Sox and he had a game in a minor league start the pitcher plunked him on purpose he dropped his bat uh, drop kicked the catcher and went out and decked the pitcher in the face <laughs> all in like one fell swoop yeah and then turned amazing. around ready yeah that was kind of amazing that was amazing but it wasn't never it seen wasn't anyone drop kick a catcher before didn't like mm-hmm. he just he just knocked the catcher over though he didn't like take him really hard he just kicked him hard enough so that he couldn't chase him out to the mound you know oh he drop kicked him Sam I, th- I think he like really got into it I don't know maybe we're talking about a different highlight mm-hmm. but I feel like the the scrum like the pitcher's mound scrum it used to be more about like dominance you know the pitcher would be like hey bitch and then hit you with a 90-mile-an-hour fastball on the ribs. And you're like, that doesn't bother me. Right. I'm coming out to you right now. And, like, get in your face, and I'm going to shove you and maybe try to knock you down. But, like, Bryce Harper went out to the mound, and he chucked his helmet away and then tried to deck the guy right in the chin, you know? Uh-huh. And I feel like that wasn't didn't used to be the way that it was. Okay. I mean, I could be wrong. No, no, no. I, I like maybe, what you like, say. Maybe the scrums in my childhood used to be less, you know, I wasn't paying attention as much. But So, you know, Buster Posey, like, was kind of got infamous for just standing there and not doing anything while Bryce Harper was charging his pitchers. And it makes me want to know, like... Why would you jump in there? Because if you're a catcher or anyone? Why do the dugouts clear? Because it's their job. You got to protect your teammates. But if Hunter Strickland's a dumbass to do this <laughs> in the first place, I'm not risking my ass to protect him. Because Morse, Michael Morse, I think his name is. He's he got a concussion. When he and Jeff Samoja collided with one another, he's on the 10-day DL now on Concussion Watch. <laughs> That's terrible. Like, they were just running out to join the scrub, and they smashed into one another. And now Michael Moore's on the 10-day Concussion DL. Uh, well, it can be a kickstart for a team that's not playing very well or, like, playing below their potential. Uh-huh. 
You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, we're going to get in a fight and we're going to come together as a team. Because of like, yeah. uh-huh. Protect Bryce Harper because he feels slighted because he got hit by a pitch. Or, or, but let's look at the flip side of that because the Nationals are doing really well. Do you think there's any chance that Strickland is trying to rally San Francisco? By, by starting a fight, that doesn't even make sense as I'm saying it. Yeah, totally. Like, this it's is the possible. point. I mean, this for is TV way... ratings at the, at the like, lowest point. Uh-huh. Because they'll get on TV. And they haven't been forever because they suck. Right. But, like, even if they're, you know, 11 games out of first place, if they get in a huge fight that's on TV and then they win like three games in a row, they're going to get, they're going to start talking about it. Uh You know? Hmm. Interesting. That wasn't something today. Yeah. All right. Um, We got to wrap this up. I think we've covered some good stuff. Uh, What, what do we need? Oh, Sam, why do you want to change the name of football? <laughs> oh, I think, I don't know. I was almost went to a soccer game today, which was uh, Ireland versus Mexico. It's a friendly international game that's going on in New York right now. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go to the soccer game. Um, I feel like soccer is an inappropriate name for soccer because only the United States calls it soccer. Everybody else calls it football. And our game that we call football is NFL football, which I think should be called smash ball because (laughs) it's much more appropriate for both of those games that soccer be called football because you just kick it and football because called smash ball because you just smash everybody all the time. Right. I think that's a good thing. What would you call yeah. baseball? Baseball's baseball. All the other ball sports are appropriately named. I think basketball right. is a basket and a ball. Baseball, right. there's bases, there's ball. You know, football in the rest of the world is like there's your foot and you kick the ball. It's a football, you uh-huh. know? Uh-huh. And, you know, I mean, handball would be better than football in this country, right? Right, right. right. Throw ball. It's like, how often do you kick the ball in NFL football? Almost never. Once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's not even a ball, either. Let's talk about that. (laughs) Yeah, good call. (laughs) What the fuck is that thing? We call it a football, but it's really more of like a... <laughs> I don't even know what to call a that wedge? shape. A potato thing? <laughs> yeah, it's like a pillow. It's like a leather pillow. Yeah, it is know. decidedly non-ball shaped. Yeah, yeah. that's a good call. What <laughs> 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 the fuck is that thing? <laughs> they all like, skin. What do they call it? Ellipses? Yeah. Ellipses? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Smash so like smash ellipses. <laughs> <laughs> right. A 
Right, the paintball is the color of uh, uh, paint. The balls it's made out of paint. Accurately named. Accurately yeah. named. All of, the yeah. ball, yeah. all of the ball sports are aptly named except for fucking football. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. No, if totally. Gonna name, if you're going to name a fucking ball sport, name it aptly. Name yeah. a fucking smash ball. Or whatever. That would be a ball. <laughs> we need, yeah, we need a new name for this thing. <laughs> Helmet. Yeah, or just call it NFL. Instead, like camps. yeah, but the F you know still what I mean? like, yeah, yeah, right. Don't yeah. even like just have it be a letter. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, we'll we'll come up with a better name. All right, uh, uh, we gotta go. Um, what? <sighs> object, obstruction, pedestal, monument. Would you put in the outfield of your team under XLB rules? Is like, this a, a parting question? Yeah, yeah. Um, like, like I thought a, that was for the like the, the guess. No, no. Like, like uh, <laughs> yeah. You, you, like, what if there was like a big old fucking World War One style trench that stretched from left field to center right? <laughs> okay. You can either try to jump over it or take the time to climb down into it and out of it, depending on how, like, athletic. Like, Ozzy Smith would be able to jump over it, like, every time, and it would accentuate his advantages. But, like, most. Maybe it's, like, eight feet wide, six to eight feet wide. Every team would carry 15 outfielders just because of injuries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At least when they visited <laughs> Chicago. Yeah. Know. It's like a soccer thing where if you get injured, you can't have a replacement. <laughs> Figure it out. Yeah. It's like a red card thing. It's like, oh shit, you fucked up. You don't get to go back in. <laughs> and, then, and then you've got you've got one one guy who has to cover the entire outfield, and when he gets hurt, the shortstop has to move into right field. Yeah, exactly. That'd be pretty great. Uh, How about a statue of Lincoln? Statue of Lincoln. They put a lot more pressure on the on the managers. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> There'd be a lot more doubles and triples and inside the park home runs. Uh, right. I feel Which like is the most most exciting play in baseball. I think. <laughs> yeah. And there's line drive over the trench. <laughs> this could be it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Eli, did you say Statue of Lincoln? Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> that would be pretty good. <laughs> I was thinking maybe a statue of a giant glove that would catch the ball. So, like, if you hit it into the glove, then you'd have to climb up that statue to get it out of the glove. So it'd just be, like, a really annoying offensive outfielder that the offense would have to benefit them. <laughs> right. Oh, I like that. 
Wait, but like, when yeah. oh, he can't hit for shit, but he can climb like you've never seen before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with like ups would be a really big thing yeah. in the outfield. You'd have some like retired basketball players coming to play outfield because they jump up and come up. <laughs> baseball and, and like it's a real thing to climb up the fence and try and catch balls oh yeah yeah that's true check out some youtube videos on that because it's pretty awesome uh, yeah sam what would you put in the outfield i don't know maybe like a sporadic like sprinting race <laughs> or like if, if, like, a marathon started every, like, 30 to one hour, like, like, you know, breakups. So, every so often, there's just a shitload of people running through the outfield. Oh, yeah, yeah, And not at a planned time, you know? <laughs> but oh, not, so this isn't players. This is just, like, random. No, it's like there's a racetrack through, a running racetrack through the outfield. Do they and they they can't play. No, they're just running. They're just running. What yeah. if they're actually like the hot dog dudes from the Milwaukee Brewers and they're going during the inning? No, I want it to be like totally not synced up with the game at all. <laughs> or like if it's just like a really good crosswalk, like cross town shortcut so everybody just like comes up and stands at the gate and then Randomly, it opens up, and they get to skip like fifteen blocks. So yeah. it's just a bunch of people walking <laughs> through the outfield. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or like actual sandlot, like kids are coming and going from school, but they have to cross through that field to get there. Right. <laughs> huh. Yeah, but like at least at least once every couple innings. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, cool. Thank you. Thank you very much. What about you? I had the trench, uh, but my other thought was... um, You get to cap it, too. I'll I'll cap it with um, miniature uh, replicas of famous U.S. uh, monuments. So, like, Mount Rushmore, or the Washington Monument, or the Lincoln Memorial. Mm -hmm. And, like there would be cameras installed within each monument so that Fox or ESPN or whoever could be like, now let's go to Monument Cam. And you could actually oh, yeah. see like the outfielder like smash into the Washington Monument trying to catch a, a fly ball. I don't know what they'd be made of, though. It, would it be more fun if they were, like, solid and could actually, like, hurt them? Or if they were, like, big foamy things that they would, like, bounce off of, like the Japanese game show? How, how big are you thinking? I'm thinking, like, a 20-foot-tall Washington Monument. Oh, so tall. 
tall, like hip size, so that they're tripping over it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. no, no, like, like twenty foot tall, like like eight 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 by sixteen, maybe Mount Rushmore. I could fill up like a big section of the outfield. Yeah, how many? How many? Two. <laughs> play, play randomly. I don't know. Kind of liking the idea of maybe just like a bounty house. No. No, wait. How about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How about uh, every time someone hits a home run, there's like a campaign-style balloon shower, but it doesn't happen when they hit the home run, it, you just know it's going to happen at a certain point in the future. <laughs> That'd be good. Does, it, does somebody get to control it? Like, is it to the advantage of the team that hit the home run? So they get, like, the manager can be like, oh, good. Now I get no, a free balloon No, it's totally drop. random. <laughs> it's got to be random. You know? Otherwise, it's not fair. It's like back to... Back to... Back to about to get weird. Yeah. <laughs> back to back, yeah. It's like a shitload of balloons all over the field. Never mind when they fall from the sky. Yeah. If there's like a ball in the air at that point, that sucks. But like, then there's just like 100,000 balloons all over the field. <laughs> back, yeah, back. <laughs> Oh, God, everybody would start to dread getting back-to-back-to-back home runs. Like, oh, God, this game's never going to end. It's like, I really want to win this game, but I don't want to fucking break my ankle. (laughs) And then there's the guy in the back who's blowing up all the balloons. Back-to-back-to-back home runs, and he's just like, shit. I knew it'd be today, Carl. <laughs> that guy's that guy's union now. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, all right, we gotta go. It's been fun. Uh, where we at? We're at uh, hour and eighteen minutes right now. Ah, uh, not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. Uh, Eli, thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Alex. Yeah, we'll do it again soon. Do it again soon. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching. Um, Find us on the social medias. Uh, We need to do a better job of publicizing this because we didn't get a lot of hits last week. So let's, like, get out there. Share it on Facebook. Share it on Twitter. Yeah, didn't we figure out that... uh... Jesse is the one that gets us all our views. Yeah, yeah, we gotta get. Because when he shares it, we get like ten more views. Than yeah. When he doesn't share it. Yeah, we gotta make sure he shares it. Fucker. God damn it, Jesse. That's all right. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Here's Cindy Lauper, time after time. Yeah, play us out. You- Play us out, Sydney. Golden State's kicking Cleveland's ass right now. Yeah.
Right there, and then stop. That's good walking music. 